I love a good ghost story. I just want to see one. I don't really want to like encounter one. That, that part right there always makes me laugh because people are like, look at these orbs. I feel like any time that a door shuts or something makes a noise in my house at night, uh, freak me out. In this episode of The Brothers Grimm, Joey discusses the recurrence of a ghost that continues to haunt us again and again, a lady in white. So welcome everyone to uh, another episode of The Brothers Grimm. We're excited to uh, be here tonight. Usually we record our episodes during the day, um, but we decided uh, due to our schedules that we had to record this one at night. And the, the particular studio, Starscream Studio, that we um, that we record at uh, is, is surrounded by some woods and it was dark and I had gotten there first. And, uh, and I love to scare people. I think it's hilarious. And so I decided that I was going to scare my brother, Joey, as he got here, he was last to get here. And so I hit per, under per the, usual. Oh, that's course. not true. I was three minutes late. And so I hit under this deck and I mean, and it is cold. I mean, it, it was cold outside. So I was waiting and waiting and waiting. And finally I saw his car pull up and I just could not help myself. And I jumped out from behind this bush and I thought he was going to fall down. And it just, it made my day. He definitely got a gut punch after that. I, uh, it doesn't help that I was just playing my, my, you know, today's story over in my head. And, and I was already kind of freaking myself out a little bit. <laughs> I, I knew I knew it was late. I knew you were probably running over the story, and I was like, I can't pass this opportunity up. I don't get a whole lot of opportunities to scare them, and I just I had to take it, and it was it was great. Yeah, it's kind of easy to scare Joey too, which is which is always fun. It's not that easy. Yeah, I really want to like break into his house or get the key for his house and mess with him uh, one night so badly. It's too extreme. It's too extreme. I just kind of want to bring up a topic that we haven't really talked about too much on the show yet, but what do we think about ghost fellas? I'm intrigued. I don't know, uh, know that I necessarily 100% believe in them, but, uh, I definitely believe there is some sort of spirit or entity. Yeah, I would concur. I mean, I've never had any personal experience with any ghosts, uh, but I've definitely felt like, uh, <laughs> I feel like any time that a door shuts or something makes a noise in my house at night or, you know, I don't know, fill in the blank. I've seen too many uh, paranormal shows and freaked out by paranormal movies that, you know, things moving by themselves or, I don't know, just acting peculiar uh, freak me out. So, I mean, not, not having any personal experience, you know, I part of me kind of wants to encounter one um, just a little bit. Just a small part of me. I just want to see one. I don't really want to like encounter one, maybe from like afar. I always try and prepare myself to see one just so it doesn't surprise me right. too much. I don't want to be surprised by a ghost. So if I'm at, at home, it's dark, I'm watching a show, I'm always like, okay, if I turn around right now and I see a ghost, how am I going to react? And I try and uh, try and plan that way. It's always in reflections for me, in like reflections of windows, not or, really mirrors or shadows, shadows or and reflections. Like I'm always, th- I always think I see a reflection in my in, in like a window or something while I'm doing dishes or something like that. There's a, was... there's a place in my house when I come down the stairs and I walk towards the kitchen that my shadow there's a light behind me and my shadow gets caught 
like in uh, crossing in front of the door that leads outside and it always freaks me out i'm never ready for it i'm always afraid that i'm gonna you know be in the bathroom doing something in the sink and then i'll look down and then i look back up and i'm gonna see something and then i'm you know i'm always just i freak myself out especially if i'm home by myself uh, i'm always afraid that i'm gonna see something in a mirror or i'm gonna you know, see something just kind of move a little bit. And of course it doesn't help when you see all these, you know, paranormal videos of, um, you know, people's security monitors or baby cams and you're there seeing are stuff so many just moving or, you know, you're seeing like specters of whatever, whether it's dust follicles that are too close or dust particles. That, that part right there always makes me laugh because people are like, look at these orbs. Do you see these orbs flying through? I'm like, that's a piece of dusk. Or, or the still <laughs> the still image of an orb, and you're like, that looked like a speck. Yeah, all right, that was added in post. <laughs> right. I'm pretty that. good at Photoshop. I think I could probably make half, if not 90% of yeah. these fake images or videos. Mm-hmm. Now, there's some of those, though, that when you see them and you're like, okay, mm, I could believe that. That's mm-hmm. tough. Because there, there are some that look a little too real. Not the ones that look... Real, real, because then you, the ones that look real, real usually are the ones that just have been really well faked. Mm-hmm. But the ones that leave you kind of going, yeah, I, I could, I could believe that. That's the those are the ones that freak me out, and I'm like, I, I can't watch it on repeat. Yep. So there was a show that I was telling Joey about. Um, it's on, uh, I think it's on Hulu or uh, TLC. No, Travel Channel. Travel Channel, yeah. And um, Destination Fear. Yeah, Destination yeah, yeah. Fear. So it's this um, brother. Uh, sister um couple with um their friend they go on these ghost hunts in an rv well there's one location they were at where the girl was in the basement and all of a sudden she sees a shadow cross this door and she freaks out gets on the uh, radio calls her brother and says hey i just saw a shadow outside there's somebody outside this door and the brother gets up and looks out over the door where she is and sees absolutely nothing so I think to me that is the creepiest experience to have. Yeah, I, I love watching those 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 travel channel shows. I think I found one. What I've really gotten into watching are the YouTube channel people that have their own you know ghost hunting experiences. And uh, one in particular was uh, a guy was in a room where of, of an abandoned i think it was an uh, either an asylum or a hospital of some sort it wasn't necessarily a mental hospital might have been i can't remember right now but he was looking at the doorway that had a window on the door and he could see something peek its head over and as soon as he ran out and looked around the corner there was nothing there and i'm like that that's pretty hard to fake i mean there you know if we can create thanos these days then you could really make anything but sure. i'm just saying that could be really hard to to fake and post but Tori and I had this debate all the time. My wife, Tori, we, she doesn't really believe in apparitions, full-bodied apparitions, um, or even physical, see, physically being able to see the ghost. She more believes in spirits. And, uh, but I, however, believe that if there are spirits, because what she says is people, she thinks that young children or even animals could sense or see those spirits. And I'm like, okay, well, if, if there are spirits that, physical beings could see then then it's not too far to venture to think that oh a full-bodied apparition isn't possible so we always have that debate when we're watching tv Mm -hmm. shows or 
when she's making fun of me for uh, getting freaked out by a, a ghost story or something. She's like, that's not real. And I'm like, but you believe in spirits. She's like, yeah, I believe in spirits. I don't believe in ghosts. And I'm like, uh, I, I'd kind of say it's probably a, they're almost the same thing. I probably lean more towards your wife's mentality uh, as far as full-bodied apparitions versus the unseen spirit. Um, you know, as a lover of TV and movie as we are, you know, you typically see uh, more full-bodied apparitions as ghosts um, than you do um, the unseen. Um, and, and the unseen is more unsettling to me. Uh, but I have a hard time... I don't know, justifying that I think a baby or, you know, young kids can sense a presence and maybe in their infantile mind make something appear visually. Maybe that's how their brain processes it. But seeing something as a ghost, um, I don't know, man. I, I think ghosts exist more as unseen entities than full bodied. You know, that's just me. Yeah, I don't know of how many instances where there are actually full body apparitions. Um, I feel like that that's a very rare thing. Uh, I think most people see like some sort of hologram type type version or some sort of very thin version of of a ghost. Hmm. Well, while the debate of whether ghosts are real will probably never really be settled, uh, I think one thing is definitely certain. We as people, we as humans, we're haunted by ghosts, right? Attach whatever meaning you want to give them. Ghosts and spirits follow us. They're echoes of our past or the reminders of something or someone that we once lost. They're tragic because in their essence is loss and the desire to never forget what, we're, what we hold dear. The idea of ghosts, though, can be terrifying. The dead revisiting us is an unsettling thought, right? Maybe it's in their portrayal in movies and shows. I, I don't really know. Maybe it's all the, the endless accounts of scared people who have encountered them. But I know that it, that it would leave me shaking if I ever experienced one for myself, for sure. Well, because as humans, you know, we thrive on the ability to, to see and to touch. And our ability to touch helps us justify, I think what we're seeing and with a ghost, you can't touch them. Um, you know, and so you, would, you, you chalk it up to, you know, mind playing tricks on you, you know, you're materializing a vision, you're hallucinating, you're not seeing what's not there. And so without being able to touch it, uh, it makes it difficult to say, yeah, you know what? Th that was definitely something that was real. Well, I have one very specific type of ghost that, well, before I get into that, let me back up. That's a cut point. What would you say is your favorite portrayal of ghosts in movies or television or, or stories? Do you have a favorite type of ghost, I guess you could say? Scooby-Doo doesn't count. You know, I think for me, I, I, I'll, I'll break it down into two parts. One, the type that scares me the most, which is always a little bit sometimes more fun, are the ghosts that you would see in the paranormal activity. The unseen, the unseen, entities. yeah, that's just affecting the environment around it. Um, but at the same time, the ghosts, like in Supernatural or other stylized, you know, movies and TV, that are full-bodied apparitions that just kind of appear out of nowhere and they can affect, you know, and they can 
affect the environment. They can affect the person, but they're full body. You can see them. I think sometimes that garners a little more understanding as to like what the, who the ghost is, what the story behind it is when you can see them. Um, it's kind of like the movie ghost where it was like a physical with Patrick Swayze. Yeah. It's a physical thing where you could actually touch this person. You just like the pottery scene. Don't lie. Nah. nah. Well, see my favorite, (laughs) my favorite movie that has ghosts in it is actually probably a more of a B horror uh, 13 Ghosts. Oh my gosh, that movie that is Matthew so Lillard bad. Matthew Lillard in it and uh, I'd Tony say that's Shalhoub. more C. And it was, it's, it's cheesy, but it's the perfect embodiment of the, these tortured souls on earth. Yeah. And, but the representation of them was what they experienced on earth that led to their death. And so it just made them that much scarier. Conceptually, that if that movie got remade now as like a series instead of a movie movie idea or a series idea, you know, I think it would be really good. I think it'd be really good today. Yeah. But it'd only be one season. Cause once you go through the 13 ghosts, then that's it. Well, touche. It could be a mini series. There you go. Limited series. Limited series. Yep. HBO, Netflix. Give us a call. Give us a call. We're already writing the script now. <laughs> no, I think, uh, I really like the, um, haunting of Bly Manor, that style of ghost. I kind of like that one from a, production standpoint mm. just i'm glad you bring that up see i y'all know me really well ghost stories are probably my favorite uh type of paranormal story uh, i don't really get into ufos too much and i, I you know i do enjoy cryptids or, or different uh you know creatures or monsters of lore and i also like other folklore but ghost stories alone like i love a good ghost story and when it's portrayed well on television or in a movie you know, like the like the Conjuring series, like the Haunting of Bly Manor and the Haunting of Hill House. I just love when somebody can really unsettle me with a ghost story, and I think it's really really fun. But for me, there's a very specific type of ghost that seems to make me a little more uneasy than others, and I think it's the visual representation of them. But there's been hundreds of accounts around the world of this specific type of ghost with a version in almost every culture. A young woman with long dark hair, dressed in all white. Yep, that's a uh, kind of almost a cliche. A classic. Yeah. Mm, Let me interrupt you. As fans of Supernatural, which just ended, Mm -hmm. this was actually the ghost that they fought in the series premiere. Right. First episode. Yep. Which is really cool. Yeah. So the woman in white, or sometimes referred to as the white lady, lady in white is one of the most common ghost sightings dating back centuries. For me, it conjures truly terrifying images made popular in countless movies. There is no town that doesn't have a tale of a woman in a white dress, passing gently through drafty halls of the local manor, or pacing the widow's walk of a local hotel. You know, those platforms on top of old New England uh, homes. A young, beautiful woman wearing a white dress of some sort is the ghostly figure that we all are used to seeing. Uh, No matter what history or legend, though, the ghostly figure is the same. It's always a woman. It's always in a white dress. It could be a wedding dress. It could be a nightgown. But it's always a white dress, and usually they have long, dark hair. They're usually pretty. Sometimes they're old and ugly. Not that being old is is ugly. I'm just saying sometimes they're old and ugly. That's how the ghost is portrayed. Right. But it's the emotional state of these women in white dresses that cause really heart-pounding fear because... 
at the root of their problem is sadness or tragedy. They're almost always sad. The tragic stories behind these spirits range from the loss of her baby or children to a cheating lover pushing his young bride to commit suicide. She's almost always someone's unhappy wife or illicit lover or suicidal betrothed or some other sad tale of romantic woe. Those who have witnessed one of these white ladies often report hearing weeping or crying and sometimes wailing from the pain of her loss, which by the way, would be so creepy to just be in a graveyard or, or even in your own home and you hear just weeping and oh, yeah. nobody else's home. For sure. Oh, that makes me so unsettled right now just thinking about it. This whole, when you're talking about this white, this lady uh, in a white dress, long, dark black hair, it's like, why is this always the way we perceive or how the stories go? Yeah. Like, is this just a story of old that has just been continually told over and over and over again? And so that's just what we visually see. Yeah. So some, some of the legends of whaling women, uh, known as banshees in Northern Ireland and other Northern countries, uh, a lot of them are thought to foretell death. So some of them aren't even ghosts at all. They're omens. Uh, down south in Mexico, the La Llorona legend says these women drown their own children and now lurk near water, waiting to drown other children. In Japanese culture, yurei are vengeful spirits that attack people who come in contact with the cursed object or place that's attached to them. So this, the, the legend is always a little different. Now these are older legends, not so modern, but it's, it's always different for the culture that you're in. For American culture, usually it's it's the it's tragic or it's tragedy that's that's befallen this woman in white. Um, personally, I think that folklore has a way of teaching us lessons, and I believe that, that it's the uh, it's our way to almost interpret the way that that maybe women are treated. Because nine times out of ten, a woman in white story has a man that gets attacked or they're usually after other men, either trying to seduce them into, you know, luring them into killing them or whatever it might be. It's usually against other men. Uh, they usually let women go. So there's there's some type of play off of, of uh, the, the battered or the sad woman and I think that we've just created lore around this concept, maybe as a justification for what's been done to women in the past. I, mean, I don't really know. It, it always intrigues me that ghosts surround sadness, surround despair, surround hardship or a traumatic event that has happened. It's like I, you rarely hear a ghost in a happy scenario. Yeah. I, wa- I wonder if that's like whoever whoever has lost somebody or whoever's gone through some pain is searching for that lo- that loved one is searching for that person and they're create recreating them in in their minds which are now these ghosts. Yeah, that's totally possible. I only found in in my research I only found one instance which was out in uh some Germanic lore that they're actually thought to be gentle and um, well-giving spirits. But that was more associated with um, elves or fairies. So it's more it's more fairy tale than it is ghost, 
or haunting. Uh, more nine times out of ten, it's it's a haunting case. It's a it's which I believe that ghosts are and folklore in general is our way as humans to try to teach us teach ourselves lessons or maybe even you know reconcile a loss or to understand what we can't explain to put to put some type of explanation around what's unexplainable maybe it's the sorrow inside of us that we have personified in this spirit this physical you know apparition that that many people claim they've seen I mean, you said it earlier, even the latest entry in the Haunting series on Netflix references a woman in white who haunts the halls of Bly Manor. Jeremy said it earlier, the popular series on the CW, Supernatural, features a woman in white in its pilot episode. There are literally hundreds of stories and sightings of these women. But I'm going to tell you just one tale, and it's a short tale. In 19th century New York, near Rochester, Elisa and her daughter were walking through what is now known as Durand Eastman Park just off the shore of Lake Ontario. But an enjoyable afternoon turned grim very quickly when Elisa's daughter disappeared. Elisa furiously searched the grounds for her daughter from sunrise to sunset, wading into the lake, calling out to her. But she was never found, and neither was her body. But the mother did not stop. She was convinced that if her daughter were dead, she would have found her body by now. Isn't isn't that every disappearance or oh for sure like if if the body if the if somebody died you would think it'd be easy to find a dead body I've always felt that way about unsolved crimes as well yeah it, for the for the most part I'd probably say ninety ninety five percent of the time you can find a body or some sort of remains but there are times where um, nature or animals you know don't allow that to happen or um, some sort of a body of water or something like that. Well, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, if you have somebody in your life that goes missing um, and you don't find a body, the, the logical step would be to think that they're still alive. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the finding of a body or the discovering of remains, it, it closes the chapter, it closes the deal. And if you have nothing to close the chapter with, then it's just open-ended. Well, and that's Elisa. She she believed that if her daughter were dead, she would have found the body within a couple days or at least a week of searching. Uh, but what she started to believe was that her daughter was kidnapped and possibly raped by a group of men who were stalking the, the park. So for weeks, with two German shepherds, Elisa searched for her daughter, as well as the group of men. But... Soon, Elisa gave into her grief, and heartbroken, she walked into the lake and drowned herself. But her search never seems to be over. At night, while walking through the park, you might hear hounds barking in the distance. And it's said that as night falls and the fall grows in, Elisa can be glimpsed, rising from the lake, wailing, weeping for her daughter, asking other women if they've seen her, and chasing any man away from the grounds of the park. And in some instances, she's been seen with her arms outstretched, going to attack men, and also shaking on their cars as they've gotten into them, only for her to disappear when they look out the door again. I think for situations like that, when you encounter somebody who has suffered a great deal, who 
suffered emotionally and took their own life, you know, part of me wonders, does their memory live on as an echo in a place like that, you know, close to where it happened, you know, close to wherever. And that's what people are encountering, not necessarily a ghost, but what's left behind of the emotional distress, the remnant of it, you know, it's like when you, when you leave a muddy hamprint on a wall, you know, it, it is there as a reminder of what happened. Just spray the wall. <laughs> this is true. That's I what am, the Ghostbusters are for. <laughs> I am curious, like, do our emotions, do our sadness and those type of things, is there some sort of energy that is put off with that? I, I have no idea what the answer is, but that's what allows, if these things actually happen, would that be something that would allow um, allow our spirits to echo in a sense or to continue doing what we were doing shortly before the death? I think that like Jeremy mentioned earlier that, you know, often, you know, people think that ghosts or spirits are, are souls that have unfinished business. And, and I, but I don't think it's that simple personally. I, I, I am the type of person that does believe in the possibility of ghosts and does believe in the possibility that if we have, if we have choice on earth, why wouldn't we have cho- choice in afterlife, right? Mm, that's if good. we have the ability to say, yes, my soul, yes, my body has died, and yes, my soul does want to go to heaven, but also I am so distraught, and maybe I died in such a way that my soul does not want to leave earth. I think that, I think that there are things in the spiritual realm that maybe keeps souls from going beyond into heaven, into hell. And I think that sometimes those, those tortured souls turn into these spirits. And often, and, and, you know, I also think that, that on the lighter side of things, I think that these spirits that you, that, that you say that people can sense, I think that that's also possible. I don't think that, I don't think that heaven is a place that once you get into the gates close and your soul can never leave again. I don't, I don't think it'd be too crazy to believe that maybe a, the soul or spirit of, of a loved one might come down and be with you at times. And just like that, I believe that there's also the, the potential flip side that a tortured soul, maybe that is not in heaven, but in somewhere darker <laughs> in a hell might not, might not, you know, stay down there forever either and might come, come back to earth. I don't know it's, it, there's a spiritual world that I don't quite know or understand. Yeah. I think there you start getting into the spiritual discussion of, you know, are, are what we interpret as ghosts, really demons that, aren't in physical form. Oh, interesting. You know, and, and the spirits that are good that we feel, you know, presence of, or that children see, you know, they're guardian angels. There's, mm-hmm. you know, there have been series about that. There, you know, people talk about having a guardian angel. You talking about touched by an, by an angel? Touched by an angel. <laughs> our, our mother, Joey and I's mom, loves watching old TV for whatever reason. <laughs> I, she was watching Touched by an Angel the other day. Um, but, you know, you get into that discussion of, you know, are ghosts really just tortured souls, demonic souls that, 
you know, this is the representation that we're seeing of them. They're not possessing anybody, but they have the power and the ability to affect the environment around them. Mm. Um, you know, you start getting into a real, you know, metaphysical, spiritual discussion of how thin is the wall between the physical world and the spirit world. Yeah. I mean, that may be one version of what we're seeing as ghosts. And there are cases where people have said, hey, you know, I've felt this presence or I've had this voice spoken to me and it helped me either figure out, hey, I was sick, something was wrong with me, um, you know, maybe help you think about something in the future, know what's going on, stuff like that. Maybe maybe those are the other side, the other version of what we perceive as ghost. If you are spiritual or religious at all, you know, you, you know demons walk the earth, so they, they can't inhabit the same space that we're inhabiting physically. Um, and so that could be one explanation. The other one could be just that these are people with unfinished business, mm. plain and simple, uh, whether they didn't find justice for a killing that they were involved in or a tragedy struck a loved one and justice was never found an answer was never given. And so their spirit is unable to rest in the spirit world. And so therefore it manifests back on earth, you know, in different places, most of the time attached with a certain location or an object. Um, so, you know, they're without knowing the answer, all you can do is speculate. And that's what I love about this kind of stuff is we just, mm -hmm. we don't know, right? which just lets your mind wander and think and, you know, come to conclusions that may seem out there and off the wall, but could be very grounded in, what actually is going on. Yeah. There are some beliefs out there that there is a um, kind of middle space purgatory before you get to either heaven or hell that maybe some of these um, ghosts or these spirits, um, demons, whatever you may want to call them, are still in that space mm -hmm. if that's something you believe in. Um, and, you know, maybe that's why we can still see them, hear them, you know, just different different kind of thoughts depending on what your beliefs are or um i mean they don't even have to be associated with beliefs necessarily but something that um something that is, could be a possibility mm -hmm. uh, the spiritual waiting room hopefully it's nothing like waiting room at the dmv right yeah. <laughs> if it was everybody would come back to earth because i'd much rather do that than sit in line at the dmv for all of eternity unfortunately it sounds like if there was if there is an, a spiritual in between waiting room it sounds like you just have to relive your last moment uh, based off all the ghost stories that we've heard it's just groundhog day in the afterlife it <laughs> <laughs> sounds terrible i will choose to continue moving forward would you rather be reliving your last day in the afterlife or be uh, reliving your last day in real life, like every day, like Groundhog's Day. Would you, which one would you rather? I'm just curious. And much rather relive it in real life because then I can enjoy it. You know, I feel that people, you know, ghosts come back with one purpose and one purpose only. And it's to, they don't, ghosts don't feel. It's like they just act, they, they seem to act instinctively. Yeah, I think I think you're asking whether or not I'd rather be dead or alive, and I think the choice is alive. Alive, <laughs> Even it's the same day over and yeah. over and over yeah. again. Bill Murray did a lot of cool things day after day yeah. in Groundhog you, day. you can really get creative and do different things, I'm sure. Well, that's the story of the woman in white, at least one story. There are countless 
countless other stories, not only in America, but all over the world. Um, you know, a, a lot of a lot of Japanese movies or, or um, Philippine, you know, F- Filipino movies based off this topic, they do the best at, uh, at scaring the crap out of you from it. <laughs> you know, The Ring or uh, movies based off their, their stories. But uh, all the way to, you know, from East, East Coast all the way to West Coast, you can find so many different tales of these women. Sometimes they're walking highways. Sometimes they're in old houses. The list goes on and on and on. Yep. Well, that's like the Lady in Blue with uh, the Lake mm-hmm. Lanier stories. Right. It's like, she, okay, she was not in a white dress. Which but... I, I knew I wanted to do this topic, so I didn't bring it up back then, but that was why I asked specifically why it was a blue dress. Because mm-hmm. usually, it's usually a white dress. it's a white dress. Sure. So I'm going to give this out to the audience who's listening. So what about you? Does your town have a woman in white story or some type of folklore or legend? I'm sure it does. So share your own stories of ghostly women in white with us in the comments. I know you have them. Everyone does. And we would love to hear them. This episode was written by Joey Thompson with discussion from Jeremy Thompson and Brian McIntyre and was recorded at Starscream Studio. Grayson over at Starscream is an incredible producer and engineer, so be sure to visit starscreamstudio.com for all your tracking and recording needs. Additional audio support by Will Compton and original music composed by Nick McClure. Be sure to subscribe, and when you do, drop a line in the comments and say hi. We want to hear your grim stories, too. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next episode.